Shalom, my friends, and welcome to the Screaming Jews podcast. If you're my dad, you think that's what this show is called. If you're anyone else, you are probably very confused right now. I'm Corey, joined by my personal assistant, Tom. How are you today, Tom? Well, I'm doing well. I definitely did not think that our podcast would be called that in the previous week, considering only half of us are Jewish, but, you know, it is what it is. And that's, to me, one of the craziest things. Like, he is now listening to the podcast, which is good, because otherwise I was giving him a lot of Jewish guilt. Um, (laughs) But he has met you, and he he insists on calling you Thomas, because he listened to the first episode, and every time I call you Tom, he's like, you mean Thomas? And I'm like, all right, Dad, relax. But, like, you wear a gigantic cross around your neck, like... Which he missed, actually, when I met right, him. Right, and... He... <laughs> but it was pointed out to him. Yeah, it's true, because I made some kind of some kind of joke, and he was like, oh, are you Jewish, too? And I was like, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but no. And yeah. then your mom was like, don't you see the giant cross? Which, like, I, I just... I don't know. He knows you, he knows your name, and then he's like, oh, yeah, the screaming Jews or whatever. I'm like, Dad, like, you know Tom is not Jewish. He's like, you mean right. Thomas is not Jewish? I'm like, shut shut up. That's not... Ugh. All right. Anyway, Tom, I believe, I believe we have a sponsor for today's episode. Onward and upward. So, listeners out there, how often does this happen to you? You go see a movie with your romantic partner or your mother, but you don't want to pay full price. You step up to the box office and you see that there's a senior discount, but ultimately you're too young. Oh, shucks, if only you could exchange your youth and fully functioning knees to save $3 on movie tickets. Well, now you don't have to. With Old Person on a Leash, you can rent one of many elderly citizens on a leash and use them to obtain senior discounts for you. Simply send them to the box office to make your purchase. Once they've acquired your tickets, simply tie them to the bike rack out in front of the movie theater until your film is done. Get yourself an Old Person on a Leash today. Also great for early bird specials, 50th anniversary parties, and funeral plots. Wow, what a fantastic product, Tom. Can't wait to use that. I can't either, because, you know, it is a grind out here. You know, everyone's balling on a budget, and my mom, she works in a school, so she's going to be off for spring break. I've been working early, so I've been getting home early, so now I'll be able to go to a movie with her and do something, because I could save a couple bucks with old person on a leash. Yeah, and you know what? Who Even if you want to break the rules and like bring them into the movie theater they probably won't know anyway old people you know they really don't care they'll talk during the movie they'll you know tell you about their grandchildren so i think it's a win-win no matter what you choose to do and i think it's just a something that everyone should try out at least once for sure so let's get into everyone's favorite segment then dumb shit cody says anonymously now we have mentioned in passing or during our conspiracies episode how many you are big beetle fans i think most people if they don't necessarily listen to them they know and appreciate them and one of the beatles i would say one of their bigger songs or at least most recognizable songs to our generation is help wouldn't you say so i would 100 percent agree it's iconic okay Cl- classic beatles to a t so if you watch TV also, um, for those non-cable cutters out there. The Google commercial, I believe, uses Help for, you know, the music in their theme song. And if it's well, Help, it's someone typing something in because they need help, really flows together well. So I'm at Cody's house watching March Madness, and I turn to my left and I go, Hey, Cody, who sings this song? Because Cody notoriously 
doesn't know music. So I thought I was just being a little playful, like, huh, Cody, who sings this? And he stares at the TV for a little bit, looks at me, smiles, and goes, oh, Steven Tyler. It's, it's odd. Obviously, uh, for if Cody, if you're listening to this anonymously, uh, you should know <laughs> that Steven Tyler is not one of the four Beatles. Um, I feel like that could get to some people a point of confusion. Um, but I feel like Steven Tyler is more of an obscure guest than the Beatles. Like, I feel like there are people who know Aerosmith, but they don't know Steve, like they don't know who Steven Tyler is per se. I guess he, was he the, was he an American Idol judge? Yeah, and I think that's where Cody's music and anything that has to do with classic rock comes from. So he's probably like, oh, it's a classic rock song. I don't know anything. So I think the his go-tos would have been Steven Tyler because he's seen him, and maybe he would have said Queen just because Bohemian Rhapsody came out. So basically, Cody has no musical knowledge of anything, is what I take away from this. It's disappointing. <laughs> it's it's not surprising, but it's disappointing for sure. Definitely disappointing. And what else was, um, you know, th- I'm not even going to try for a good segue here. Let's just get into the episode. Making a peanut good. butter and je- <laughs> making a peanut butter and jelly the other day, and we have squeeze jelly. And depending whatever's on sale, squeeze jelly, jar jelly, my mom will buy that. So I was using squeeze jelly. It's like three quarters of the way full. And I'm using a ton of force on this. Do we really need the squeeze jelly? I'm perfectly fine with it out of a jar. And I was thinking, I go, do we really need squeeze everything? Squeeze mayo? I don't eat ketchup, but I'm assuming squeeze ketchup's probably better than the bottle. But do we really need squeeze jars for everything? I have, that was a lot of things to unpack there. Um... (laughs) So, like, I will say, I don't think squeeze mayonnaise is a thing other than, uh, what, what's it called? Uh, Ready Whip? Oh, Miracle. Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip. Ready Whip is Cool Whip, yeah. Guess who eats Miracle Whip? Cody, because he's Cody, anonymously. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's not even really mayonnaise, so it's it's hard to even address that. As for ketchup, like, I don't think there's, A, they don't put ketchup in a jar. Like, ketchup could come in a glass bottle at restaurants that think they're fancy, but, like, no one wants to really deal with that. I'd much rather deal with a squeeze bottle of ketchup. I don't think that's a problem in any way because ketchup is, you know, it's viscous enough and, like, those are good bottles. I don't know about squeeze jelly. Maybe the bottles, maybe it's just a particular brand, too, that you were using, but maybe the bottles are, like, a, a firmer plastic than they need to be so that you have to put in that much force and effort. Um but it doesn't, I don't know, if the flavor's the same, I'd probably rather have it squeezable, but I don't, I just don't think, you know, mayonnaise brands that are actual mayonnaise don't want to, like, ruin their principles and bail out and put shit in a squeeze jar if they can help it. Yeah, I'm sure. Now, uh, something I probably do that's a little weird, too, if I have a jar of jelly, sometimes I'll just use a spoon and scoop it up and then kind of turn it over and then use the other side to flatten it on a piece of bread. So, A, how weird do you think that is, and B, have you ever done it? Um, How weird do I think that is? It's not the weirdest thing I've ever heard of. Um, I've definitely done that, not with jelly, but with um something else. I don't remember what i want to say like 
ranch dressing or something, but I have no reason. I have no idea what it was, but I, I feel like I've done it recently just cause like you don't want to use two utensils. There's no point. Sometimes like if I'm going to cut a sandwich, I'd rather do it with a, uh, like a, a sharp knife instead of just a butter knife. So I'll sometimes like take a really sharp knife and use that to like spread on mayonnaise or peanut butter or something to, so then I can just use that knife to cut and I don't have to use multiple knives and deal with that cleanup. Um, but I've never done it with jelly, Tom, because the issue here is that I don't think I've ever had jelly. Now, see, that, that baffles me. It's one thing to say you don't like jelly because you've had it, but, like, have you really never had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I am 99% sure that I've never so much as tried a bite of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I don't understand. I think I have at least five peanut butter and jellies a week, and you haven't had one in almost like 23 years of living. That's that's <laughs> insane to me. <laughs> You're not wrong, and it's obviously like the most stereotypical simple food of all time, but like, I don't know, and we've talked about this. I'm a proponent of keep your fruits away from me. I'm not a, not a fruit guy <laughs> per se, um, but, and obviously jelly is just mashed up fruit. Um, unlike wine, which is good mashed up fruit. Um, but okay, we could agree there, <laughs> but like, I just, I, I grew up eating peanut butter sandwiches, um, peanut butter and fluff sandwiches. I remember if I'd go over to someone's house and be like, Hey, do you guys want like some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? And we'd be like playing in the, the kid's room with like toys and shit. Like as a young kid, but like, do you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I'd be like, do you have any fluff instead? And if the answer was no, I'd be like, oh, okay, then uh, can I just have peanut butter, please? And very well-mannered young man, of course. Um, but, like, I just, I would never eat jelly. And, like, I, I don't want to put jelly on my toast. I like buttered toast. I like peanut butter on toast. I, not, I, do people put jelly on waffles? I don't know. I've never done that. I feel like they do. People put, look, I'm not even a fan of butter on waffles, so... I think you're, if you're going to put anything on a waffle, which I will argue to the grave that a good waffle can be eaten with no toppings whatsoever. Like if it's a good waffle, you can just eat it plain and it should be delicious. Um, but I am a waffle purist. I put syrup on my waffles and nothing else. Do you put butter on pancakes? We'll get away from this. But do you put butter on pancakes? No, it's the same thing. A good pancake doesn't need even syrup. Okay, yeah, I, I could agree with that. I mean, though... Butter and syrup on pancakes is a wonderful thing. Still can't believe you never ate jelly again. I had a peanut butter and jelly three hours ago at work, too. And here you are and just not nah, eating it. I, uh, I, I don't know. Nah, it's, it's messy, too. Like, I don't If I'm going to make a sandwich and I have, like, a, my choice of sandwich fixings, I'm going to make, like, a, a turkey and cheese sandwich. Not jelly. Do you, do you ever do peanut butter and banana? No, I don't. Okay, we're really dig digging into things that Corey's never eaten. I don't think I've ever had a banana either. <laughs> it was funny. I asked my brother that I was eating a banana, and I looked at him. I go, have you ever eaten a banana? And he started laughing, and he kind of didn't give me an answer. You've never eaten a banana. All <laughs> right, so we're, we're not going to unpack that because clearly the theme here is you just don't eat fruit. So fruit-related stuff and fruit. But I, I like it in smoothies. We'll, we'll go there. Also, we should totally consider an episode where a video episode where we just eat shit that we've never eaten before. 
slash we can make you eat like a bunch of Thin Mints, but like I'll eat a banana and I'll eat like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and we'll just record reactions. I'm a very facially expressive person. Really, a podcast is not the best choice for uh for this, but I think if we do it on video, we could have some some good stuff. Okay, awesome. So something, I guess, to somewhat try to circle back to what we were talking before. So I said how I used a spoon to scoop out my jelly when it's in a jar sometime. Something else... Uh, that was ages ago, Tom. <laughs> that was ages ago, but in the accordance with the spoon. So when I go to eat a piece of cake, I use a spoon. <laughs> my brother makes fun of me. My little sister makes fun of me. But I'll tell you what, eating cake with a spoon is so much better because it's on its side. You just scoop it up. You don't have to stab at it on your plate. I'm a big proponent of cake with the spoon. Corey, I feel like you have an opinion on that. What do you mean it's on its side? What's on its side? The cake or the spoon? I, I like put the piece of cake on its side and then I kind of just scoop it up with the spoon. That's how 99% of people, if not 100, like no one's eating an individual slice of cake vertically. No, I, no, I think my family does. And I think that's where the confusion lies. That's why they like the fork because they go, you know, their, uh, their fork is coming pretty much from the ceiling down to the cake rather than from the side, the way I attack it with the spoon. Okay. Well, I will say A, that you either must be eating very short cake or very wide slices of cake in the <laughs> DiNapoli household to be able to do that. But, like, no matter what, you can use a fork or a spoon. Like, you can go vertically with a spoon and you can go horizontally with a fork. I use a fork and I keep my cake on its side. So, it's. I have to imagine it's just a matter of preference and that you just come from a weird family. Um, no offense, DiNapoli clan. <laughs> but I'm the only one who uses a spoon in the family. Right, because something's wrong with you. Um, <laughs> I Here's what I like about using a fork when I eat cake is because, again, my cake is horizontal. I am a human. Um, I, and I do horizontal cake. Right, I know. Well, I'm, I'm calling out the rest of your family. Um, yeah, they're the worst. But the fork is flat. Like, I, I don't use, like, I'm not using a salad fork or anything, but, like, I'm using, like, a nice flat fork. So that way, when I'm done with the cake, I can use the side of the fork to get large surfaces of residual cake off the plate. With a spoon, you don't really have that. Yeah, I, I, I guess I could see that. But e either way, I'm team spoon and I will always be Team Spoon. Nothing's really going to change that. Honestly, and the way I started doing that was one time at a necessity, I was at a party, and they ran out of forks, and then they go, well, some of you uh -huh. have to use a spoon, and then I was just like, all right, whatever, I don't really care. I just It was love at first bite. It what? Hey, all right. You had your cake, and you ate it too. Wow, we are coming full circle on the podcast. I don't even want to expand on that because of how great that was. So, <laughs> final thing for the day. You toasted a pop tart for the first time. I did. We we're we're slowly building my repertoire of things that I've done. Um, and I, a am I'm going to take a, another huge digression here. Sorry, Tom. You're trying so hard to keep me on track, and I'm wandering, and I don't care. <laughs> um, but like, first of all, people are like, hey, do you want a pop tart? And I'm like, sure. And they bring out like a single pop tart. No, 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 no. When you offer me a Pop-Tart, you bring me the full sleeve. Like, one, if I say I'm going to have a Pop-Tart for breakfast, I'm talking the double sleeve with two Pop-Tarts inside. 
That's how it works. You do not bring me a single Pop-Tart. I am not an infant. I have an appetite. I will eat both of them. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Back to toasting Pop-Tarts, though. I had never, like, thought of toasting a Pop-Tart. And I know they always talk about it, but, like, I had... I don't know. I think maybe the first time I'd ever had a Pop-Tart was before I was privy to Pop-Tart commercials on television. So I would just, like, eat them cold and room temperature, and they were good. Like, I had no issues with that. So I was like, why am I going to change it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I, my girlfriend was toasting her Pop-Tarts, and I was like, what do they taste like warm? And she's like, you want to try it? I was like, okay. So I had, like, a little bite of hers. I was like, wow, that's interesting and it wasn't a pop tart flavor that i normally had but i liked it i was like okay so then i tried i think it was a a chocolate fudge pop tart and i toasted it and i was like oh my god like it's like a pop tart but it's warm and gooey why did i not think of this sooner and like i think it's great i think we should toast more breakfast things you know it took me a very very long time to realize why they were called pop tarts and it's them ah yes hopping out of the toaster and once that came along i was like "Ooh, that makes sense but then this was also i think i was probably closer to about 15 and then i thought and i kind of still i don't eat pop tarts much but if i ever buy them i pretty much think what would taste good warm so like the s'mores pop tarts very good because s'mores are warm Mm -hmm. ah look s'mores full circle again and Stop. <laughs> so, but to your point earlier, uh, I would have cookies and cream pop tarts, but you know, I eat an Oreo cold, so why do I need to toast my cookies and cream pop tart? So definitely, and like the chocolate fudge sundae one, that one warm and s'mores warm. Mm, those sounds two, great. Those two are like night and day. It's really amazing. But yeah, you know, I feel like most people though don't really eat pop tarts warm because i feel it's just one of those things you go into the cabinet you grab a sleeve and you're kind of running out and eating them you're not you know you don't wake up go downstairs get yourself a cup of orange juice put in a couple pop tarts and then just sit and watch for a minute you know what i mean i feel like it's an on-the-go thing so most people don't take the time but if you have the time highly recommend toasting your pop tarts the idea of drinking orange juice with a pop tart just kind of made me a little nauseous Mm. um Pop-Tart needs to be washed down with milk or water if you're in a dire situation, like on a deserted island, uh, <laughs> where you have Pop-Tarts, of course. And <laughs> That's the one thing you brought to the island? Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, you can bring one thing to the island. I'm going to bring a boat. I'm going to bring a plane. Pop-Tarts! Hey, um, man's got to eat. <laughs> exactly, you know? Who needs to get off the island when you can have a nice, relaxing stay on a tropical resort all by yourself with a box of Pop-Tarts? Sign me um, up. Yeah, but this this whole thing, obviously, like I said, I keep digressing like hell, and I'm all for it. Uh, another episode, Tom, we really need to talk about why an actual toaster is garbage and a toaster oven is the way to go. Because mm. I feel so strongly about that. No one ever needs a toaster. Get me, like, you know, wedding registries don't don't register for toasters. Register for toaster ovens. Be smart. Come on. Wow, that, that is some strong stuff. And you know, Corey, why are we going to have the people wait for that? Everyone tune into Cathartic Yelling next week, where maybe myself and Corey will stay a little <laughs> more on track. But you're going to hear the toast versus toaster oven and various other cooking things we'll go through. Maybe we'll get some other stuff. Dumb shit Cody says anonymously. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, join us next week. Toaster, toaster oven. It's going to be good stuff. <laughs>